when I was younger, it was I would literally stare at people just like, and they'd look at me and be like, why is this girl staring at me? What? And of course, it wouldn't clock in their brain. I was like, of course, they were looking at me because I was staring at them. I did just didn't realize that it was arousal. I just thought, oh, well, this is interesting. Hello, my name is Erica. You might know me from radio or from making music, but if you don't know me, it's a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to my new podcast. It's called, wait, you what? The idea is that each episode we talk to a guest and we ask that exact question. Wait You What is the podcast that does a double take on people's surprising stories of struggle, self-discovery, lived experience, or all three. And people who have been through something hard usually have some wisdom to share. You're going to walk away from an episode of Wait You What with a new perspective or a piece of advice or both. So today on Wait You What, you're hearing from someone who realized from a really young age that she was different because she had a fetish for something that's pretty unusual, but in itself very commonplace. Something people do on the bus, in the workplace, in the line at the bank. And it took her a long time to understand herself because of her fetish. Hello, my name is Lise. I'm nearly 27. I live in England and I have a sneezing fetish. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, this is a thing. And it's a pretty big thing, as far as I can see. There's so many people who come together on forums and on YouTube channels to talk about their sneeze fetishes and appreciate sneezes. Before we talk about least, though, let's get it straight. What is a fetish? Well, if someone has a fetish, by definition, they have an unusually strong liking or need for a particular object or activity as a way of getting sexual pleasure. So for Lise, this activity is sneezing. She's a pretty big player in the sneezing fetish game. She's got a YouTube channel called Lease Sneeze Fetish Channel. That's L-E-A-S. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my YouTube channel. I've had this channel running... She's got over 2,000 subscribers. So everyone who has a sneezing fetish has different preferences. Some like their own, but for Lise... It's mainly other people for me. I'm not really into my own at all. No, it is other people for me 100%. Everybody that I'd read about, they were into their own sneezing and I thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, why am I not? But no, I've now met, I've now spoken to other people who are like me too. And yeah, I understand if you're thinking, what is it about sneezing that people could find sexy? Well, it really varies between people with sneezing fetishes. Some people like the caretaking aspect of it. If someone is sick, they need to look after them. They get to catch their sneezes, which means that they put a hanky in front of their nose. Some people like the messiness, the snot. But Lee says for her it has more to do with how people are kind of powerless when it comes to their own sneezes. I think the lack of control... And the sound, I guess, is the only way I could say as well. Do you have preferences of certain kinds of sneezes? You know, friends do the tiny little held-in ones, like, or the explosive (laughs) ones, like, (laughs) Well, when I was younger, the huge explosive ones used to scare me. Now I know why. I'm mainly only into female sneezing. Um, 
only really into male sneezing if it's more feminine, like messy sneezes. I don't like messy sneezes. So, yeah, as you can hear now, Lisa is very specific about what she likes these days. But for a long time, she didn't understand her sneezing fetish and she noticed it from a really young age. I noticed that I had something, I'd say maybe when I was about four or five, didn't really understand it. In the beginning, I thought I was scared of sneezing. Like, for example, if I'd watch something on TV, I'd have to leave the room because it, it, I didn't realise, I thought it was scaring me. No, it was just making me uncomfortable because I was with my family. But I didn't realise that at the time. If I was watching something on a video, I'd have to skip that part. I'd fast forward it. I couldn't watch it. But after a couple of years, the fear started to subside and something else started creeping in. I think I realised that I liked sneezing probably when I was about seven or eight I'd always have to look and be like oh okay I'm a bit I'm a lot better now I have much better self-control um but when I was younger it was I would literally stare at people just like and they'd look at me and be like why is this girl staring at me what and of course it wouldn't clock in their brain I was like of course they were looking at me because I was staring at them I did just didn't realize that it was arousal I just thought oh well this is interesting so because she was fascinated she kind of went looking online. I discovered the Sneeze Fetish Forum, which is what helped me understand me when I was about 12. And I just looked on it just to read stories. I didn't really, you know, I remember reading stories when I was younger and there would be sexual things in there. And I didn't notice, but like, of course, you're a child, you don't notice. So the stories that Lisa's talking about here, on the Sneeze Fetish Forum, there are tens of thousands of these. Users on the forum write them and share them with each other to give each other a bit of excitement. Here's an excerpt of one of the more PG ones I found. It starts with a man cleaning his kitchen. The lanky blonde started by grabbing a bottle of Lysol and his favourite dish rag from under the sink. He sprayed down the marble counters of the kitchen, buffing them furiously. As he sprayed and wiped, Chester felt a slight tingling in his nose and throat. Breathing in, he realised the Lysol wasn't the unscented one he normally bought. This was the lemon-scented formula, carrying with it the citrusy aromas which always set off his allergies. So, yeah, you can see where that goes. In this case, a huge sneezing fit. In other cases, sex scenes. I asked my partner to find a story that I read a long, long time ago, one of the first, I can't even remember what it's called, and I read it quite recently, and it was very, very sexual, and I thought, I don't remember this. Like, I just, it was just an interesting story to me at the time. But as she kept reading these stories and engaging, she worked it out. Maybe when I was about 16, and then I think it it kind of clicked one day. I was like, oh, I never told anybody Um, until I was 16 I told a boyfriend and he accepted me that was amazing and it wasn't really until I started talking to other people who you know feel the same as me have the same preferences I thought oh okay there's nothing wrong with me this is you know it's not wouldn't say it's completely normal of course it's not it's of course it's different but it made me feel like normal, made me feel happy about myself. And it was it was a sense of euphoria when I finally realised, yeah, this is a good thing. But for a good while, I was ashamed. Lee says, though, that generally she's been really lucky with how partners have responded to her sneezing fetish. She's got a long-term boyfriend who 
I've seen pop up on her YouTube channel. As I mentioned, she posts videos of her sneezing. He sometimes catches her sneezes. We've been together since September of 2012. It was quite a while, I think, about six to seven months until I think I said, can we maybe try something? And he just kind of looked, he's like, well, yeah, okay, well, what, what do you want to try? And I said, can I induce you? Yeah, okay, so inducing. This is some sneeze fetish terminology. Buckle up, we're going to do a crash course in sneeze fetish talk. Inducing is where you stick something up your nose to bring on a sneeze. You can use a lot of things. I mean, a lot of people use cotton buds or Q-tips, hairpins. Um, I've seen people use straws, so random things that you wouldn't even think of. Pens, I've had that one. Somebody asked me to induce with a Sharpie. That absolutely terrified me, but it worked. That was cra- Yeah, that was a crazy one because, well, you know how big a Sharpie is. It's a big pen. And then there's something called stifling. So stifling is where you try and literally stifle a sneeze so you can hold your nose. Some people, I can. I used to be able to do it. I don't like to do it. It hurts my ears. But obviously, if I'm in public, I will stifle. Don't want to draw attention. But it's literally just, it's like a little squeak is the way I describe it to somebody. Just like squeak. Okay, another big one is chinkney powder. You see a lot of talk about that on sneeze fetish forums. Chinkney. It's this Indian powder, which its actual use is it's supposed to be good at clearing you out when you've got a cold. Now, when this powder came out, um, there were so many sales. I can't even begin to think what these people were thinking. Like, why are we selling so much of this? But, you know, I think it came out in, like, the summertime. So they probably think, oh, lots of people with hay fever. Yeah. No, it was the entire sneeze fetish community. And it's, it doesn't just, for most people, nine times out of ten, it doesn't induce one sneeze. It can cause a serious sneezing fit. And that's, you know, it was amazing for people in the community who don't sneeze a lot. There's also something really popular called finger under nose holdbacks. That's pretty self-explanatory. A lot of people seem to like that. That's another one that I'm not really into, but I get a lot of requests for that one. Surprise, it surprises me. Yeah, it's, that's a very common one. All right, so now you've got the lingo. Let's get back to when Lee started experimenting with her boyfriend. She turned to him about six or seven months in and said, Can we maybe try something? Can I induce you? And he kind of looked at me (laughs) and he said, Okay. (laughs) And then it just kind of grew from there. I'd like to say, Can we try this? You know, oh, I've seen this. You know, can I try this? And I said to him, I was like, Well, would you mind? You know, I've had people saying to me, You know, oh, you've mentioned a partner. Would he mind, you know? She means her subscribers were asking if he'd mind appearing on the YouTube channel with her. And I was like, well, I'll I'll have to ask him. Yeah, he said, as long as I can be safe and, you know, I can be anonymous too. I was like, well, yeah, whatever you want to do. But he was, he's always so good. He's never said no. And he said to me, he's like, well, yeah, of course you can. He's like, because I know that you like it. So, So, of course, you know, it works both ways. Lee says now that it's at the point where they've got a really cute and comfortable dynamic about it. He'll sneeze and he'll just look at me and I won't even look back and I'll just say, shut up, why are you looking at me? Stop, leave me alone. But I like to wind him up as well. Like, no, that, that did nothing for me. No, what are you on about? That was awful. Horrible, in fact. <laughs> you just look at me and go, oh, all right then. <laughs> just carry on as normal. But I like that. I don't, I mean, I like the playful banter that we have because it's not awkward at all. It sounds like it might be awkward and it was awkward having the conversation, but he is so open. He's, you know, I I think I could have told him anything and he'd just been so open. 
I mean, I don't have a sneezing fetish, but the idea of him sneezing then looking at you is pretty sexy, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That hasn't gone well a few times. I've had to leave the room. <laughs> He's pretty considerate as well. For example, if we're like around family, he'll do his very, very best to hold it in. And he knows like, because that would just make me uncomfortable because I'd have to leave the room. I just don't want to draw attention to anybody else. And I don't think it would. And this is the thing he's always said to me. He said, nobody's going to say a thing. But in my head, they're probably thinking, oh, look, because that's how my brain works. And I, I need to remember, no, everybody's brain doesn't work like that. It's my brain. <laughs> Nobody thinks twice about sneezing. It's just me. When you are getting intimate with your partner, how do you uh, embrace the fetish? Are you thinking about sneezing? Are you playing a soundtrack? Are you asking him to do it? Are you sneezing? What's going on? When I was still quite shy about it, I used to say to him, like, can I wear headphones? And he said, what? Oh, can I wear headphones? Because I, I, I used to think back then I couldn't um, be aroused unless sneezing was involved. And I just, I think about it now, I feel awful. It's like, God, that must make him feel really terrible. He must think, you know, like, oh, you can't get off without, you know, of course, no, that wasn't right. But I didn't understand that. But now, you know, sneezing doesn't have to always be in our sex life. It comes up, of course it does, but I don't have to be aroused by sneezing to be aroused. I think is the best way of wording that. But whether or not Lise and her partner are doing sneeze play in their private sex life, Lise has a whole lot of sneezy stuff going on on her YouTube channel. Some of her videos she's uploaded are called things like girly rapid stifled sneezing. That one has 10,000 views. There's one about being allergic to a candle that her boyfriend bought her. But by far her most viewed video is titled Rapid Sneezing Fit. It sounds like this. (coughs) she's sitting in bed and you can't see the top of her face i don't know what brought that on you can only really see her chin and her mouth she's wearing a black dress with little white flowers on it and she's just sneezing man (coughs) the comment section on this video is going crazy she's popular on youtube And she gets a lot of requests in her messages. I can't keep up with the requests I get. I can't. I had somebody, this is a recent one, and this one may be a bit uncomfortable, asking me to buy a COVID testing kit and induce with that. And I thought, no, 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 that's too far. I thought, no, that's too far. I'm not doing that. That's just so insensitive to everything going on. When I first started, I had this one guy who said he wanted me to grow my nails very, very long and to keep my the ne- only the nail up in my nose when I, to make myself sneeze and not to remove my finger. That one scared me a bit because I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. No way am I doing that because if I slip, I'm going up and I'm, I could get my nails stuck. Overall, though, Lise loves having a YouTube channel and sees it as giving back to the community who helped her come to terms with her own fetish. When she was younger, she found out about herself through videos like the one she posts now. It was the community that helped me realise, I think, who I was, what I was. And it was those videos as well that just seeing how comfortable these people like these people are just expressing themselves on YouTube. And I thought, well, I can do that. You know, it's not. I didn't think it was difficult. I realise now, yeah, it can be difficult because, you you know, you, for every, like, two nice comments you'll get, you'll get another eight of people saying, well, you know, this is horrible. Well, this is disgusting. 
I mean, it doesn't bother me now, but it was so disheartening back then because I thought, oh, I'm just trying to do something nice. But we're such a small community. Of course, there's going to be people come across it and go, oh, no, no, this isn't right. It doesn't bother me now. Of course not. And I just ignore it. Um, but giving back to the community, I think, was the biggest thing. I always said to my partner, if there is ever a way to do it, if I ever get my confidence up, I think enough to do it to nearly 2,200 subscribers later, which I do not understand i don't know how that's happened that's crazy to me and to have a very interactive audience and they will come back to you and say yeah this is great this is not great you know this can be improved and i didn't expect that because i just expected people to see it this is porn you know this this is what it is to them but no they were really interactive about it and that's just surprised me so much there are some lovely people in the community All right, look, if you're anything like me, there may have been an elephant in the room when you started listening to this podcast. What about COVID, right? If you have a sneeze fetish and there's a pandemic, are people with sneeze fetishes enjoying that? Well, nah, not least, anyway. It made me very, very uncomfortable because I wasn't sure which way it was going to go because I thought, well, if anybody hears about this, they're going to think you're going to be getting off on a, on a disease that's killing people. And that is so far from the truth. Sadly, there are people in the community who are enjoying it in that way. And that's really upsetting to see, you know, there are people suffering. And it's sneezing isn't really a symptom of COVID. I'm, I think it's probably to do more of the tests because there are a lot of comp- uh, compilation videos on YouTube of, like girls getting COVID tests and people of of them sneezing and people have put compilations together of that. And that just made me so upset. I was like, these four girls, you know, they've recorded their COVID test for something like TikTok or something, you know, sneezed. And these people have come along, taken these videos and made compilations of them. You know, they haven't consented to that. It's not right. It's horrible. Most of our community, they think it's wrong, these compilation videos. It's just a handful of people who don't see the problem with them. But most, I say most of the people in our community are exactly, have exactly the same opinion as me, is this is wrong, you know, yet it's a horrible thing. We're just trying to deal with it like everybody else is. And that's, you know, we are just like everybody else in that, I think. Lee says, though, that the one thing that still freaks her out a bit is the idea of getting a COVID test. And I can see where she's coming from, to be honest. Like, technically, everyone who gets a COVID test gets induced. I won't even have a COVID test because the thought, you know, it just makes me uncomfortable and that's nothing to do. It just, oh, no, I can't even think about it. But of course, if it came to it, she would. It's just that it hasn't come up yet. She hasn't been sick or exposed. I've been quite lucky. I've not really gone outside, so I haven't had to go and have a COVID test. I mean, if I had to, I would, of course, 100%, but I didn't want to go unnecessarily. What was the um, the hardest part you went through of your whole journey of uh, coming to terms with your sneezing fetish? I think me accepting myself. Because like I say, I've been so lucky with people accepting me. I don't think I've ever had anyone go just say, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. You know, you're horrible. Um, it was me accepting myself. And that took a long time for me to feel comfortable enough with myself I mean I I, I worked out I didn't really feel too uncomfortable telling people but then I'd walk away in my head and go oh why did you know afterwards about why did you say that you know what if he tells this person they're going to think you're strange 
And I think that was the hardest part. It was self-acceptance. And that's, that did, like I said, it did take a long time for me to be like, you know, you're not strange, you know, you're not going up to people gawping at them anymore. You have a quick look and then they don't even notice, you know, sometimes I don't even turn around, I could just use my eyes and look and just, you know, carry on. And realizing this isn't something you can change. This is you. Lisa's advice to anyone going through something similar is to be really self-compassionate. Find yourself first, you know, you will get there. Um, it's nothing, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You're not hurting anybody. And I remember thinking that I was hurting, you know, this could hurt somebody, but how how are you hurting so unless you're going around, you know, throwing pepper in people's faces? That's just an example. That would be, you know, you're not doing that, you know. This is just something that is part of you, you know, you can explore it. You don't even have to explore it, you know, if you don't want to, of course you don't have to. But having that that acceptance of it, it helps, you know, on the day. You you understand you understand yourself more. It's just part of you. And I think that's the only way. It's what you are and there's nothing wrong with it. Lisa also says she thinks she couldn't have gotten to where she is today without the community that she met along the way, the people who helped her out when she was looking for answers. It's nice to to speak to people who feel the same because I think that is what helped me. I, I don't know if I told you that, but I've met two people from the community as well. No, you didn't tell me. What happened there? Oh, I, did, I thought I did. Um, in 2014 and 15, um, we... We went up in the uh, in the north of England, in uh, Sheffield, and it was lovely. Just a quick note that I don't recommend meeting people in real life from online, but I'm glad it turned out well for Lise. We just we just talked for hours. We were eating. We just talked. You know, we had such similar experiences, and it was just a huge weight off my shoulder because I was saying to my partner, "I'm t- I'm so scared. You know, what if they think, you know, there's something wrong with them? And they just looked. They're like you. They're not going to think there's something wrong with you." What, why do you, it's just nerves what do you remember about those conversations that still sticks with you just the acceptance I'd say just that yep yeah, we know you know we understand you and I hadn't you know had that kind of conversation I'd had acceptance from people like normal people that sounds terrible normal people people who obviously don't have the fetish they're like yeah well, of course we accept you but having that acceptance from people in the community saying you're, you're just you know it's normal this is you know what we are and it was a huge weight off my chest. And that, yeah, it was amazing because I thought, well, you know, everybody else is dealing with it and everybody else has got normal day-to-day lives. I think this was when I was still thinking, you know, I, there was something wrong with me. I don't know. But if I could just help one person who was young, younger, you know, who is like, they're not accepting who they are, you know, what this is to them, that would be amazing because that's what the community did for me. What advice do you have for someone who knows someone with a fetish? Ooh, I'm just trying to think what my partner would say to that. Um, it depends on how they think about it. So if they think that this is a bit strange, yeah, it is a bit strange. Of course it's a bit strange. But like I say, it's part of them. It's who they are. And, I'm, you know, most of us would like to explore it if it's a partner. I mean... If it's a parent who suspects it, don't say anything. You will embarrass them. Just, you know, no, 
don't talk about it. You know, if they want to talk about it, there are some people in the community that have spoken to their families about it. I haven't openly spoke to, I wouldn't be surprised if my family did know. I mean, when I was younger on computers and stuff, I didn't clear my history. I used to sit in my living room just looking through the forum. So I wouldn't be surprised, but we don't, we wouldn't, you know, nobody's ever mentioned anything to me. And I don't, I, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. And that's the thing. A lot of people in the community, they find family situations very, very uncomfortable because it's a sexual thing for most of them. So, yeah. So if it's a family member, don't confront them. You know, if they want to talk, they'll talk. And I suppose it's the same if, it, if it's a partner as well. You know, if you've seen, you know, oh, what are they looking at? Oh, that, that's a sneeze for them. Why the, don't say anything, you know, just let them talk to you. And they will, you know, if they feel comfortable. Some people, they tell their partners very quickly, like I did. Some people have been married for years and they haven't told their partners. You know, there's some people in the, in the community who have married other fetishists, for example, and, they, you know, they've met through this. Everybody, I think it's it's different for everybody, but I'd say don't, don't, don't say anything about it. Just let them come to you. And I'm sure they will. Most people do want to talk about it because if, if it's such a big deal to them, I mean, I suppose for some people it isn't. They just kind of brush it off, you know, and say, no, it's, it, and that's fine as well. It doesn't matter. What would you say to someone who said to you that your fetish was a choice? No, it's not a choice. I don't think, I think anybody, I don't know. I, I say I don't know if anybody would choose it. But no, it's not a choice. I didn't sit down randomly one day when I was young and think, hmm, I think I'm going to have a sneezing fetish. No, it doesn't work like that. It's just everybody has something. And, you know, what could be one thing for someone else could be disgusting for somebody else. It's not an active choice. I didn't choose this. It's just, you know, I think it's the only description I can say. It's like my sexuality. I didn't choose that either. Wait You What is written, produced, recorded, edited by me, Erica Mallett. And if you liked it, let me know or you could leave a review, pass it on to someone who you think might also like it. You can hit me up on Instagram as well, Erica underscore Mallet, double L, double T, don't forget. And you're going to want to hear next episode of Wait You What because I talked to an ex-FBI special agent whose literal job it was to make people like him. He was the head of the behavioural analysis program at the FBI and he has some tips on how he can do the same. Okay, bye for now.